Americans. This is the Urbane Cowboys podcast with Josiah Neely of R Street Institute and Doug McCullough. Good day. Howdy, y'all. Welcome to Urbane Cowboys. I'm Josiah Neely with the R Street Institute. And I'm Doug McCullough. So, you know, I was talking with someone the other day who is a longtime listener of the show, and he said that uh, he liked Urbane Cowboys, but when I introduced the show by saying, howdy, y'all, I sound more urbane than cowboy, and I, I'm perfectly willing to admit to that. I Obviously, I'm from Texas, but I don't have the Texas twang or anything like that. Uh, so, but you know, that's fine. In fact, we're going to lean into that today because we have with us returning guest, Pascal Emmanuel Gobry, uh, who is very, yeah, very, very French. Uh, he's from Paris, uh, not Paris, Texas, but Paris, you know, gay Paris. And uh, we wanted to have you on because we know that they're they're having an election there in France, and we figured you know we should interfere in it as Americans because that's what we do. Uh, you know, interfering in other people's elections is a fun game that everybody can play. So first off, Pascal, welcome to the program. Thank you. It's always a pleasure. Yeah, it's good to have you back. Um, so second, all right. So there's a, there's a lot to cover, but I I think uh, you know the the news to the extent that there is news in the French election, which I think is not happening for another uh, year, eight, 10 it's, months. It's in April. It's, it's, oh, okay. Well, that's closer than I, that's closer than I had thought. Um, but it's still, it's still not till next year. Um, so yeah. we're all, we've got like, uh, you know, two or three more COVID variants between now and then. <laughs> this um, is how we measure time now. Yeah, exactly. But uh, so there's, uh, I guess the recent news is a, a new candidate had entered the field. You know, everybody was expecting, okay, we've got the incumbent, uh, Macron, and uh, we've got uh, the Le Pens. They always run. Yeah. Uh, now there's there's a new candidate, uh, Eric Zamor. Is that roughly yeah, how you pronounce Zemmour. it? Okay. Um, I you always have to worry with the French names. Um, uh, I, to another slight digression, I remember back when Hollande beat Sarkozy in yeah. the election. There was there was a lot of people who suddenly, like Americans, were doing commentary about the French election and they never heard of this guy. And so I I remember this one guy who he was doing a interview and you could tell he was really trying to sound like he would knew what he was talking about. So he kept like doing a heavily accented. A version of the guy's name but unfortunately the way he said it he would be, say like and so the new french president Hollande, and uh, <laughs> i'm like well okay <laughs> that's a sauce that's yeah uh, that's not <laughs> right exactly yeah 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 um but uh but eric zamore you know uh i think his name is very straightforward like the man i guess who is this guy who is the new uh entrant into the Political yeah. So, I mean, the, the, the basic, the, the way I talk about him uh, when my American friends ask, because he's been talked about as potential French presidential candidate for a, a while, um, is he's essentially the Tucker Carlson of France, um, both in the sense that, you know, just before he decided to run, he was, uh, he hosted the sort of prime, not 
primetime uh, show on the French conservative cable news channel, because we have that too. Um, and, but also just in the more general sense that he is probably like the most influential pundit slash TV debater slash whatever on the right, uh, who, who has staked out, you know, populist quote unquote positions on a number of issues. So in terms of his like public profile and resume and why is this guy, you know, why is this guy a credible candidate, even though he's not a politician? That's, that's basically the answer. Um, and then obviously there are differences, uh, which we can go into later. Uh, but that's who he is. The, um, He's also a sort of typically French person, French candidate in the in a way that Trump was a typically American candidate, which is uh, Trump is this sort of showy businessman, and Zemmour is an intellectual who has written you know history books and things like that. Um, Just like Trump, yeah. <laughs> no, but I mean he's typically French in in the sense that Trump is. A, is a typically, you know, Trump is a typically American character, which is, you know, the successful, showy entrepreneur businessman. And Zemmour is a typically French type, which is the intellectual who goes on TV a lot um, and gets into, you know, fiery debates on TV um, because we watch our intellectuals on prime time and, and, you know, philosophy books and history books are, are bestsellers in France. Right, right. That's why you. That's why uh, uh, you're uh, always like uh, overthrowing the government because you. Uh, we read too many books. <laughs> that's, that's right. Um, okay, so and and the Zamora is not associated. He, he's not associated with any political party. Uh, is he forming his own party? Is he just? I know that France has a, a slightly different system in that. You know, they have the, I guess, a kind of like uh, big, you know, like everybody runs for president and then they, they take the top right. two for the runoff. Right. And so you could get it like you can win with like uh, 20% of the vote or whatever if you just make it into the top two. And, uh, right. I mean, it's it it's what you guys call an open primary system, like in Louisiana. Uh, and yeah, that's basically so everybody everybody can run. And then there's a runoff where with the top two candidates. Um, you do need to get to 51, uh, in the second round, but the, the, the dynamic in some elections in the last election and people were anticipating that it would be the same with this election is that because Marine Le Pen goes into the runoff every time and she's got a ceiling around 35%. If you, if you're the non Le Pen in the runoff, you sort of automatically win. Uh, but that's you know that's not the way the system is designed originally, <laughs> or is it? Um, or is it? Yeah. Dun, dun, dun. But uh, so well, let's let's talk about Lepin. So how is so you you know um, Le, you know Zamora you described as kind of a, a French populist, right wing populist kind of guy. Uh, the Lepins, you know, I thought had kind of staked out that territory. How like what are the differences? You think that there, you know, there were there already was a a figure like this. It's sort of like if um you described 
you just you, you described Zamora as the American, I mean the French uh, Tucker Carlson, and Le Pen has been described as like the French Trump or French female Trump. Right, or right. It's right. sort of like, well, if Trump is if Trump is running in twenty twenty four, and then Tucker gets in is running against Trump, like what? So, I, like, what? What's the difference? Like, how are they different? These two candidates. Yeah. Uh, so there, so there's, there's a couple, there's, there's a couple answers to the question of what does Zemmour bring that Marine Le Pen doesn't. Uh, the first is that she's a pretty underwhelming, um, she, I mean, she's just generally underwhelming. She completely, uh, screwed up her debate with Macron last time around. Um, we had regional elections, uh, recently, and you know, early polling suggested that the National Front, uh, which technically is known as the National Rally now, would would win several re- regions, which would have been a first, and they ended up winning none. Uh, so sh- there's just been this general sense over many years that she's underwhelming. Um, people, you know, people around her say that basically, you know, she doesn't. She doesn't want to win. She doesn't really, you know, she inherited the family business from her dad. Uh, it's a nice business. You know, she, she, she gets to be, uh, she gets to be a member of parliament. She gets to go on TV, but she doesn't, she doesn't want to win. And she feels like somebody who doesn't want to win. Um, you know, during the, uh, the COVID lockdown, she posted Instagram pictures of herself with her cats. Um <laughs> So there's just this general sense of Marine Le Pen as this underwhelming standard bearer for that slice of the French right. Um, and sort of related to that, there's the notion that Zemmour was, is, was the only person who can, you know, unite the tribes. Uh, by which I mean, you know, again, in the U.S. you have a two-party system. In France, we don't. We have a multi-party system. And so, you know, if you think of like, you know, the Donald Trump right versus the Mitt Romney right, right? The sort of working class versus, you know, more well-off conservative people. Um, Those are two different parties. And Marine Le Pen never broke out of her, you know, uh, uh, of that demographic. She has one demographic, which she owns, which is sort of working class uh, conservative French voters, but she just does very poorly among the sort of more traditional right, which is repre- represented by Les Républicains. And so the, the thesis behind the Zimmer candidacy, the, you know, when people asked me about his candidacy a year ago, I said it's Schrodinger's candidacy, by which I meant, you know, either he does 3%, or he's first in the first round and he wins the presidential election because it means he has united the tribe because he's got essentially the same positions as Marine Le Pen on the subjects that matter to sort of working class conservatives, meaning, you know, immigration crime, basically. But as an intellectual, as somebody who's not named Le Pen, he is compatible with the traditional right, the sort of French equivalent of the Mitt Romney right, which basically at this point, because the the French people as a whole have been trending right massively over 10 years. Basically at this point, they agree with Marine Le Pen on most things. They just don't want to vote for her. 
Um, and they also think that her economic message is too left wing. Um, so the, 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 the exciting thing behind a, a, a Zimor candidacy it was the prospect of him, you know, uniting the tribes of the French right. And the, the, the current polling suggests that he, this is what's happening, because if you look at the breakdown of his polling, it's basically um, half former Fillon voters, so traditional right, and half former Le Pen voters. So it's actually working. Uh, and, and that's why I'm, I'm sincerely very optimistic about his candidacy. So uh, what would, uh, you know, in, in a, in a runoff with Macron, what would be, what, what, what do you anticipate being sort of the key issues nationally, not just on the right, but nationally, what do you think the key issues will be? You know, as, as I said, like the French people as, as a whole have been trending right. Um, you know, immigration is the number one subject for French voters nationally. Second, second topic is, you know, economics, standard of living, jobs, all that stuff. But number one is immigration. Um, the theory with a, a, another another argument for Zamor is that he's just an excellent TV debater because he's been on TV for 20 years doing this. And so he would beat Macron in a debate, whereas, you know, Marine Le Pen would humiliate herself. Um and and he's sort of uh, in terms of other is- issues other than you know immigration national identity on economics he's taken a sort of more traditional right wing uh, conservative agenda which is mostly focusing on you know cutting government spending cutting cutting taxes on businesses and all all that traditional conservative stuff with some stuff about you know some stuff about encouraging manufacturing and and trade and 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 things like that, but mostly a sort of traditional right wing economic uh, agenda, which is which is a mix that seems to be working. Um, um, is has COVID kind of faded as an issue in France? I don't know what the situation is there because it's seasonal. Like right now is kind of the peak of the wave, and there it's being talked about more. Um, the 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 reality is that so we have you know the the infamous vaccine passport and the reality of it is that it's just it's popular because French people are not libertarians <laughs> and so you know um, you have some people on the right who are you know who sound American on all these things uh, but most French people they're like yeah this is good this is fine. Um, so uh, there's a sense that Macron is using COVID to sort of distract from um, Zimmer, who has been like all over TV everywhere for like a month because he's just been shooting up in the polls like crazy. Um, he had He's gone down a bit now, but from se- September to November, he had literally the fastest rise in polling of any candidate in the history of presidential polling in France. So, and, and COVID is, it, it's a topic that's good for Macron because his base is like, you know, well off French boomers who, who like, um, who like um, COVID restrictions and, and, and Zemmour, you know, 
needs to sound uh, a it's just not his strong issue and b he sort of needs to thread a needle between you know sounding a little libertarian because you do have a very loud faction of those people on the right but without alienating you know most other voters and especially older voters so it's so it's kind of um it is being talked about these days and it's kind of not good for Zamore, but that it's also like literally the seasonal peak right now. So that's, that's just unavoidable, I guess. I want to talk a little bit about the incumbent. Yeah. Um, Cause it, it also seems again, like from the distance of several thousand miles is that he does seem to him himself have, have kind of tried to reposition himself more to the right uh on several issues i i remember i recall mm, a few months ago maybe almost a year ago now i guess but um there was this famous incident where uh le pen was having a debate with one of his ministers or whatever yeah and the minister said you know said that le pen was too soft on islam <laughs> yeah <laughs> which is not not the line I would typically uh, think they would take, but like, so what, I mean, is he, I, I guess he's kind of since the, the shift in the, in the mood of the public as well, or. Yeah. I mean, there, there, there are several things going on. So, so to sort of recap, you know, um, Macron is basically, you know, I mean, you guys may remember the fantasy of the, like Mike Bloomberg third party run or, you know, you have that every four years. You're probably not going to have it this year. Uh, but that's basically who Macron is, right? He he ran as this sort of transpartisan centrist. And he did it as originally a left-wing guy. And in so doing, he destroyed the French left. So it was sort of the natural next, you know, natural next move for him is to sort of like go from center left to center right to sort of like destroy the right after he destroyed the left. And it's, it's worked. I mean, objectively he governs as a center right figure in France. He go that that's, you know, if, if, um, if one of the softer right-wing candidates had won in 2017, we would have had exactly the same policies. <laughs> um, maybe not Fillon, but some of the other people on the right. And that's that. I mean, his prime minister is 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 originally a uh, républicain. Um, several of his ministers. So there's a sort of like integral logic to it, and you know, generally, you know in sort of traditional democracies that haven't been shaken up by populism, you know, you, if you run on the center left, you govern on the center, right. And if you run on the center, right, you govern on the center left. Um, so there's that. And then there's the fact that, yeah, he can read a poll. Like <laughs> he's a smart guy. That's, that's certainly, that's certainly a fact. He's, he's a highly intelligent politician who has you know very few scruples and he he can read a poll and he can see that on every issue related to immigration to islam to terrorism to security to sort of national identity um the the french are extremely right-wing and in overwhelming numbers um so he 
you know, and so there's a sort of triangulation song and dance where, you know, he's got these right-wing ministers over there who will say very right-wing things. And he's got, you know, a a smattering of left-wing ministers who will say sort of more left-wing things. And, you know, and he's turning on the right wing rhetoric now while campaigning. So I just saw that he wants to uh, reform Schengen for, um, uh, to, to, to make it, you know, I mean, not literally build a wall, but essentially, so Schengen is the, 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 the European border area. We, you have free movement inside most European countries, and then you have a border around Europe, theoretically. Uh, and he said, he just said today that, you know, one of his main um, agenda items will be to reform Schengen and make it stronger, which was originally as a more proposal. <laughs> so, um, so yeah, so he's he's running somewhat to the right uh, on some issues. You know, he 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 likes to attack le wokisme, uh, <laughs> le wokisme, and so yeah, so he's he's already a sort of like yeah center right ish figure. Yeah, and it, it's interesting because I was just looking at the polling as you were talking, and uh, of course, uh, Macron is in—he's in first place with like twenty, low twenties, and then but then the there's uh, three other candidates that are kind of clumped, yeah, uh, together at about fifteen uh, percent, and that's uh, Zamor, Le Pen, and then this other lady who I guess is like the more represents them i think she was like with the republicans or yeah it's it's the establishment right candidate yeah, yeah. So it's just all all yeah all um all right wingers and you know the the only like the the left wing bernie guy is at like uh eight percent yeah uh, or however you say his name yeah um, yeah, no, if you add up all of the left candidates, it's it's less than 25%. <laughs> yeah. Like, the, the the French are just extremely right-wing as a yeah. people. Well, yeah, I, I mean, so this is true, although I, I – it, this is not that uncommon, actually. Uh, I think you've seen something very similar in a lot of other – countries whether it's like hungary or poland or israel or uh israel is a good example yeah like the um uh you know even in germany i'll go i guess the left in germany is maybe rebounded but i don't know like you did have like big craterings all over the place uh, which does make me kind of wonder like uh for the United States, like why why has that not happened to the Democrats yet? Um, uh, it's maybe a little far afield, but they seem the Democrats seem to have had um, staying power that you don't have in all these other countries. Maybe because there's just only two parties, so there's no yeah, probably you can't have that dynamic. Um, uh, wait until the the full effects of the whole. Latinx, Latinx, however you say that. <laughs> uh, you, have you seen the uh, the latest polling on that? That yeah. basically it's a dead heat among among Latinos who they're supporting. So uh, yeah, we'll see. Yeah, turns out the autops- the autopsy report was uh, was wrong. Who who would have thought? Right. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, uh, better luck. Better luck next time. Yes. Uh, the uh, 
RNC or whoever came up with that report. But um, I guess uh, so. So, you know, if, if I guess Zamora, the strategy would be, and I guess this is the strategy of all the center right candidates is like, first you make it into the second round and then you just unite. Yeah. Uh, all the right wing people. And if you do that, you're kind of uh, almost guaranteed to win. Right. Um, right. Yeah, I mean, uh, uh, like the 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 runoff polls uh, don't look good for Zamor. Um, I think it's somewhat misleading because a like if he does get into the runoff, it's like a political earthquake, and so pe- people's expectations will be reset. B, um, there's the debate, um, and and C, I mean, basically the several things has to ha- have to happen. A, he has to unite the right. And B, you need enough left left people to stay home, um, because you know, to people like me, Macron is a progressive, like obviously. Right. To people on the left, Macron is Hitler, obviously. <laughs> right. So, um, and already um, last time around during the runoff. Um, uh, a fair number of, of left-wing people decided to stay home saying like Le Pen and Macron are yeah. the same, um, which is, you know, welcome to left-wing thinking. But uh, if that happens again, um, that would, that would certainly help some more. So basically he needs to unite the right, crush Macron in the debate and have enough left-wing people stay home that it works out to, you know, 5149 5248 for him which is not which is not crazy yeah. um yeah i was i was uh and i don't i don't think this is at all likely but i did i did imagine the other day what would well, what would happen if the two candidates who made it into the second round were zamor and le pen <laughs> if you look at some polls, you, you you could imagine that it, yeah, it would actually be really fun. The realm of possibility, they're close um, enough. That, yeah, my, my belief is that all of the establishment par- parties would endorse Le Pen because deep they, down, everybody knows that she's controlled opposition um, okay, and that she's right. part of the system. <laughs> That's what I believe would happen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, well, you know. Uh, uh, I guess that's possible. Maybe, maybe uh, Michelle Welbeck could write a sequel to his uh, <laughs> submission novel. Uh, I mean, it does feel like the the it does feel like a Welbeck novel sometimes. Um, yeah, yeah, I mean, one of the reasons why Zamora is so interesting is because he really is a culture warrior. So you 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 asked me about his party. His he just announced the founding of his party, which is named Reconquête. So. In Spanish, that word is reconquista, which I don't know if it sounds familiar. <laughs> I mean, he is, he is, you know, if it, uh, apologies for any listeners who are not extremely online, but he is so based. Right. Yes. <laughs> it's actually I, crazy. I, uh, I, I mean, the, yeah. even if he flames out, like a signal achievement will be that he has single handedly made it acceptable in, in public discourse to use the phrase great replacement uh-huh. overnight. Um, well, why don't, uh, so, um, cause I, I, I actually, I used based in a tweet 
just this morning and someone was like, I know that word. I know what it means, but I have no idea what you mean. So maybe for some of our uh, not so online listeners, could you explain both what base mean and also what is the great replacements? Um, so based, I mean, it's a good, it's a good question. What does it mean? Um, I, I mean, I think it refers both to generally being very right wing, but also in a sort of like with a fearless attitude about it. Yeah. Yeah. Like you don't Um, care. Like you're not, um, you're, you're going to say, you're going to say what you think and you don't care that it upsets people or what. Yeah. Right. Um, and so the great replacement, uh, if you look it up on Wikipedia is, uh, a discredited far right conspiracy theory. Um, so it's, it's absolutely true. Is that what you're saying? Um, if you look at, uh, another way to describe the great replacement is that it's just, uh, population statistics in France. <laughs> <laughs> Well, the, uh, or, or in the United States. <clears throat> yeah, right, right. Um, well, France doesn't have population statistics of this type, right? Uh, uh, well, yeah, yeah. It's uh, we we don't have racial statistics, but we have statistics on you know who came from what country and has parents who came from a different country. Okay. All right, so you can you can kind of figure it out, I guess. Right. So the 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 the, the the, so the the author of the term "great replacement," Renaud Camus, who's this French writer intellectual, who's actually like fascinating and very interesting. Um, I do not necessarily endorse everything he said he has said or written. Um, oh, he's interesting. Is that you have to say that? <laughs> yes, it bugs him that people call it a theory because it he describes it as not a theory but just a descriptor of the times we live in. So just as you have, you know, the Great Depression, now we live in the time of the Great Replacement where, you know, European populations are on track to become a minority and to be replaced by uh, non-European origin populations. Uh, in in Europe, at least, uh, in some European countries, at least, and certainly in France, uh, I mean, it is an objective fact that the proportion of people of non-European origin in France is, has been steadily increasing for decades. Like, that's that's just an objective fact. Um, and so, the, 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 but the, the point is, the phrase great replacement was sort of, you know, unsayable on TV, and not only or in polite company because it's a discredited far right conspiracy theory. Um, and, and Zimor not only said it, but he made it, he just made it acceptable to say it. So that's, that's one example of, of him having, you know, a, a very strong cultural impact, not caring again, like he named his party Reconquête. His campaign manager is a retired four-star, is a retired four-star general uh, who looks exactly the way that a French retired four-star general uh, from an aristocratic family ought to look. Um, um, He's just, he's just giving all these vibes, you know, I'm sure that as his campaign grows, the, uh, even the Anglophone internet will be filled with, uh, all the quotes from, you know, many decades of publishing and columns, um, 
saying, you know, horrible sounding things. Uh, he has, uh, in particular, written an anti-feminist book, which is, um, which is really good and really funny <laughs> and really controversial, um, titled The First Sex. So, yeah, so he's all that. Let's say that, you know, uh, whatever confluence of events, um, so more it wins and becomes president. Like, what do you think he's going to do? What could he do? Uh, you know, he's he's founded his own party, I guess. And so you can, I get like Macron came out of nowhere and established a big party. So I guess you can't you can do that. Um, but like what, you know, like what's the program? How do you I think he said in his, uh, you know, announcement speech that he wanted uh, to it was too late to reform France, but it but he wanted to save France. So how right. how do you save France? Um. So so the assign so the in the French system, well, in the current system anyway, uh, the legislative elections follow right after the presidential elections, and so it's it it's a reasonable assumption that just as happened with Macron, if he wins, his party will sweep the the legislative elections. Um, and in the French system, uh, the president has lots of, it, it's basically an elected monarchy. Basically every five years we elect a king. Um, and so, so that's one difference within, with the U S I, I mean, maybe you're asking compared to Trump who, you know, was frustrated at every turn by the deep state. Uh, so one of the things, so he's planned a referendum. You can change the constitution by referendum, uh, to a, um, so to do several things, number one, to sort of, um, change the rules on immigration. Number two, uh, take away some powers from the EU, um, in the area of immigration, but also things like industrial policy and so on. Uh, and number three, disempower the judiciary where we've had a sort of like, a, you know, a, to, to a much less crazy, to a less crazy extent than the American Supreme Court. But we do have our activist judges who have, you know, uh, become, you know, political, uh, I don't know how you, describe it uh we call it gouvernement des juges uh, but essentially like make you know activist judges there we go that's the phrase um and so he you know presu presumably a world where he's elected president is a world where he runs those referendums um i mean any referendum on immigration or islam would not even be close so that's one thing. And the other thing is that unlike in the U.S., uh, there are sections of the deep state in France that are, um, again, for lack of a better term, based. <laughs> right. Yeah. Um, the, certainly the, the, the military and the law enforcement um, agencies are, are, are very, very... Uh, the demographic is extremely right wing, uh, but also, frankly, in the civil service, I mean, the, you know, the reality of the situation when it comes to, again, immigration, Islam, crime, and, all, and on and on, 
is just utterly undeniable. Um, and so if, if and when Zimor is elected, he will have, you know, he, I, I'm pretty sure he will be able to staff his, his government and his administration and, and sort of run it that way. Um, I guess this I, is, uh, this is, I guess, one advantage of like the typical French person being like, you know, uh, like the, the prototypical French person being an intellectual as opposed to, you know, the, the Trump thing. It's easier to staff uh, your civil service with people that agree with you if you, if you, yeah. Can. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and I mean, this is, this is, you know, uh, uh, another thing that my American friends asked me to explain a lot were the same sex marriage protests in France because they thought France was this super liberal country. And I explained to them that sort of conservative Catholics went into hiding culturally and politically, but they never went away. Um, and so, you know, imagine, I don't know, imagine if like the, the traditional American wasps of the 19th century didn't go, instead of like going liberal and essentially, I guess, disappearing, uh, they were still around, you know, sending their kids to Harvard and Yale, you know, working in the government, just not being active politically or culturally and just sort of like, you know, biding their time for a hundred years. <laughs> and, and, and so, I mean, the, the, the example of his campaign manager, who's like, who comes from like this, you know, classically French aristocratic family, his father was a general, um, is and so France still has plenty of people like that. It has plenty of you know highly qualified people who are secretly conservative. And you know I've I've been told because uh, people talk, um, and in fact I know um, that already on his campaign and his policy staff and so on and so forth, you have you know you have a lot of like highly qualified people with very impressive resumes um already um so he's got that reservoir to uh to draw on um well let me ask you this uh to close is is there any good uh french political tv or movies uh or even just in general that uh we americans should be watching to try and get a better uh grasp of the of the vibe of the place what's going on there in france now hmm that's a good question uh i don't think i so there there, there's one tv show which is uh which is political which is well known which is called baron noir but i haven't watched it so i don't know i i i know it's it's uh well you know it's been well reviewed but so was the netflix thing with kevin spacey which you know <laughs> is laughable in terms of realism politically right um so i don't know uh there's uh if if you want to watch a, a sort of french uh a good french tv show in general uh there's this uh there's this show called le bureau des légendes I believe in, in English, it's just the Bureau, which is a spy show about uh, French spies. Uh, and it's just, I mean, it's just an excellent prestige drama series. And it's, and it's, uh, as, as far as been, as far as I can tell, it's, you know, 
extremely realistic and certainly very true to life in every cultural way. It's not about like French culture or French politics because it's, you know, spies who go off to Russia and do spy things. Uh, but it's, it, it, you know, it's completely French and it's just very, very, very good TV. Yeah. And not to be confused with Lay Bureau, which was the French version of The Office, I believe. <laughs> if, you, if, you, if you try and look it up and you're like, oh, this is it. And you're like, I don't know. These don't seem like spies, in fact. Uh, although a, a, a version of The Office in the CIA, it should totally be a thing. That I, yes. It, that, um, well, the CIA, you know, they've, they've done some pretty interesting promotional material that I think. Exactly. Be- recently for for uh, that type of show so hopefully hopefully uh you know once the you know come the come the revolution when uh like all of these uh you know underground artistic ideas are able to bubble forth hopefully that will be uh part of the part of that 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 would be a really good one i think yeah pascal if people want to you know if they uh, appreciated what you said they wanted to continue to follow your Witten wisdom. Where can they? Where can they find you? On Twitter, of course. Uh, of course, of course. Uh, and I, is it just Peg on Twitter? P E G or did no? You... It's at Pegobri, so P E G O B R Y, which is my initials and my last name. Okay, I yeah. did not get the Peg handle, sadly. Unfortunate, unfortunate. But uh, yeah, he's very prolific on Twitter. Lots of uh, good content there. So I, I would definitely recommend that. But uh, yeah, thank you for joining us. And thank you to all of our listeners to uh, joining the Urban Cowboys. Thank you.